This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Land Grant Holy Lands I- Land Grant Holy Lands Instant Recap Podcast, almost to the I seventy Football Show. Uh, Land Grant Holy Lands Instant Recap Podcast, where we are recapping Ohio State's fifty two to twenty one win over Wisconsin. I am your host Jordan, back after hiatus last week, and I'm currently still mad that Ohio State gave up a seventy five yard touchdown, even though we were about to hold Braylon Allen under hundred yards. Uh, but I'm here with my co-host, Chris, who's going to talk some sense into me and tell me why it doesn't matter. How you feeling, Chris? I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, I don't think you could have asked for a much better performance from the offense today. Uh, defensively, I think I'm a little upset about that touchdown, too. But since you asked me to be a little bit of a voice of reason here, you get the young guys in, they come in, and they have to take on one of the – like, Wisconsin's leaving their starters in. It's against the thirds, the fourths. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, all right, you guys left your ones in to get some confidence going into next week. I understand it. But that touchdown counts on the scoreboard the same, and I think Jim Knowles is going to have that group uh, maybe doing some extra work this week, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Especially because, you know, again, the thing for me – is I take pride as a fan, not something I should probably take pride in, but I take pride in as a fan that Ohio State never lets star running backs go off on them, especially when they're a star previous. Like, sometimes people break out against them, like Saquon's first game, like that kind of stuff. But especially Wisconsin, Jonathan Taylor, Monty Ball, Melvin Gordon, all those guys, none of them typically have great games against Ohio State. And uh, before that 75-yarder, Braylon Allen had like 20-something carries for 90 yards, which isn't a bad game, but it's not. He didn't go off. He's going to be under 100, and then boom, 75-yarder. People who are stat-watching are going to be like, oh, Wisconsin lost, but Braylon Allen had a great game. And it's like, ooh, it would have just been much better. Also, I never remember my score prediction, but I know for a fact I was close because it was it was either 52 or 59 to 10 or 17, and it was going to end 52 to 14. I was going to be right on the nose, basically, and boom, touchdown. Yeah, I mean, you were pretty close. Uh, I said 45 to 10. Ohio State won by 31 points. I think that's probably the closest like we've been from a score differential standpoint. Like, yeah, I, maybe I in think, all our predictions. Yeah, if you did 45, I think I did 52. I wasn't 14 so points. You might have been, we might actually have to go back and listen this week because there were some close numbers there. But Yeah, absolutely. Overall, though, Ohio State looked amazing. This is the – okay, so this is the first time in recent memory, um, and you can speak to this more because you've been to a couple Big Ten championship games and seen Ohio State play Wisconsin. Um 
this is probably the first time in recent memory that Ohio State, except for the 66-0 game, um, where Ohio State jumped on Wisconsin early. The last couple of games, Wisconsin's either been close or had a lead at halftime, um, and then we stretch it, uh, we take over in the second half. One of them in the last five to six years, maybe a little bit longer, was uh, we got an interception on fourth down and scored a late touchdown. So these games are typically kind of close, and even the blowouts kind of don't become blowouts until the second half. So uh, watching this one, I believe it was 21 points in the first half. It uh, In the first quarter, um, it was 35, right? It was – let me make sure I have that right. Uh, 21 points in the first quarter. It was 31 points in the first half. Um, how did you feel watching the game? What are your first thoughts after the game? Yeah, I mean, to like get started, I think the offense came out and played perfect football. Uh, Ryan Day, when he is confident in the balance, and he was with both Travion Henderson in the game, with Mayan Williams in the game, the receivers came out ready to go. And, you know, I tweeted out, I, I tweet out every game that Cade Stover might be the best athlete in the world. Uh, and I think once again today, they showed him throwing bales of hay and they showed him scoring a touchdown right after. And the old sports center joke from Stan Barrett was only when they edited it that way. And, you know, that's what it felt like. This game felt like a highlight reel for the offense in the first half. And then the defense did their job. And uh, if Ohio State can jump out to 28-point leads every single week, I think I'll be in a pretty good mental health place. So, uh, general, generally speaking, I thought it was really good. Um, speaking on what you were saying about the games being close, um, the last game I was at for an Ohio State game, I believe, was the Big Ten Championship against Wisconsin, and they were up 14-7 to at the half, and the last play of the game was when Josh Proctor annihilated Jack Cohn, and that's kind of what it felt like this game was in like a single – that single play was pretty much the embodiment of what Ohio State did to Wisconsin this week. Ohio State was Josh Proctor. Wisconsin was Jack Cohn. And it was pretty much over before it started. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, kind of like we mentioned with the score predictions, I think we kind of had a feel for this going into it, honestly, that um, they they weren't – that Wisconsin wasn't the Wisconsin of old, right? They are in the in the style of how they play, but and the players on the field, and with some respect to them, of course, they were some injuries. Um, yeah, they quite a few tackles. Um, they were missing a safety in a corner and some stuff like that. But honestly, Ohio State was hurting important. too. I can't. Yeah. First of all, Ohio State was hurting too, and I, the way this game went, I don't think those players would have made a difference, honestly. So, um, yeah, offensive tackles can't play defense. So, like, yeah, really, the twenty-eight to zero was happening regardless of who was on the field. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, I don't even know what to talk about. I'm like, I, I take notes just you know behind the behind the screen. I I take notes for all these games and different things to talk about, and I have a couple of things in the first half. But at a certain point, I just basically close the computer. It's like, what is there to talk about? Ohio State looks amazing. Um, this is a dominant win, despite how they looked. Uh, Wisconsin is going to be one of the toughest teams that we face, uh, especially on defense and just how they play the game, wanting to wear um, wear teams down. Uh, Braylon Allen is a top three back in the Big Ten, uh, and we don't play the number 
the other top three back in the Big Ten, who was Chase Brown. We, I mean, between the two of us, we mentioned earlier that, you know, Blake Corum looked pretty good, but he's still not a, a top three back in the Big Ten. And um, he's also been doing that against some scrubs. And by the time he plays us, since they don't have no depth, like not wishing injury on nobody, I don't know how healthy he's going to be because they don't have the depth that they had last year where they were running out three three running backs and 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 playing a lot on Hassan Haskins. So uh, aside from the 75-yarder holding uh, Braylon Allen to 90 yards, I think it was before this, it was like 4.1 yards per carry. Graham Mertz, not not a good quarterback. We knew that, but held him under, 90, under 100 yards passing. Um, defense played great. Offense played great. Uh, I don't know, man. I think the thing I want to ask, because I don't want to go too much in like super analysis because they blew him out. What's your biggest takeaway from the game? My biggest takeaway is the offensive line. Like I didn't want to yeah. say anything because it's the first three games and they were like lesser opponents, but Wisconsin has Nick Herbog, who is an NFL player and people talk about, uh, you know, being reminiscent of TJ Watt and they have uh Mozzie. No, Mozzie Smith is, um, is uh he's Michigan. They have a, a defensive tackle, uh, a One huge defensive tackle, yeah. tackle who was really should have tested the interior, especially with a first time starter, two first time starters really at guard and a center. Uh and none of them, I mean none of them did anything. When did you hear Nick Herbog's name? I apologize to the other guy for not knowing his name right now. Um but when did I mean when did you uh Keanu Benton is his name. The, the score sheet says he has five tackles, but I couldn't tell you a single one, and he had zero tackles for a loss. So uh, my biggest takeaway is the offensive line, and I think it's time for us to start talking about them. Yeah, I think I jokingly said on Buck Off last week that it's probably time to start saying our goodbyes to Paris Johnson Jr. Uh, Donovan Jackson looking like his five-star billing. Uh, Luke Whipler doing what he does. Matt Jones, you know, Mr. Consistency, I'd say. Uh, when Dewan Jones was like your weakest link tonight, and that was just because he's the only one I could point out making like a drastic error, and that was with the holding penalty. Uh, that is not a bad place to be. Uh, I think you saw it. They ran for over 200 yards again. It was against a much more physical front than I'd say Toledo's is. And they looked effective from the jump. And I think against Notre Dame early, you could kind of see the growing pains of, you know, mixing in some new guys, you know, Paris Johnson moving back to the left side, like the run calls, the double teams, that stuff takes some time to build the camaraderie on it. So I know Wisconsin, they might not be the Wisconsin of old, but they're still a very well-coached defense first and foremost. And Ohio State leaned on them, and they got the yards they needed almost every single time they got there. I don't remember any significant pressures on C.J. Stroud. Uh, one time he was rolling out, I think Herbig got to him before he threw it, and he kind of got rid of it late. But the other time, Stroud looked the most athletic he ever did. So if Stroud's getting pressured really two times in a game, I don't think you could be that mad about the offensive line performance. And against a team like Wisconsin, you should be really happy about it. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, while me and you were very um, positive that this was going to be a good game and really not a super close game, 
um, we were worried about the defense, right, and and questioning that. And uh, I always forget sometimes with official stats, if QBH is QB hit or QB hurry, I think some people do it differently. But either way, whether it's hit or hurry, I think it's hurry. Wisconsin had zero. Like yes. I, I, on the official stat site that we use, Wisconsin had um, zero QB hurries or hits, but I'm pretty sure it's hurries. They don't count hits because you're not allowed to hit a quarterback in this game. The game is soft. Um, I'm joking. Not really. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the offensive line was absolutely amazing. I think that uh, Matt Jones is kind of, is on that Brandon Bowen type thing. Obviously, Brandon Bowen transferred in, but he's working his way, a one-year starter, into a draft pick. You know, it's not going to be first round, maybe not even going to be second, but third or fourth round, like, I think he's working his way into a draft pick. Uh, I'm not entirely sure that Dewan Jones has raised – his draft profile at least to a first or second round pick but he's going to be a draft pick uh and i mean luke whipler bears johnson four out of five guys getting yeah. drafted this year donovan I jackson think, i don't think luke leaves centers Dang. typically stay an extra year he's i don't want to say it because i don't want to replace four starters he probably should leave but for some reason centers they kind they of stay the, they love ball um so I don't know, man. I, I think overall is a great game. Uh, Ohio State was – I'm going to run down some stats really quick, as I tend to do on these shows. Um, finished the game. C.J. Stroud was 17 for 27, 281 yards, five touchdowns, one interception. 17 for 27 is 63% completion percentage, something like that. And that is probably going to be one of the lowest completion percentages you'll see for him the entire year um he had a stretch where he was essentially like two for ten with an interception probably the the worst worst stretch he's played all season yeah and probably last year as well uh and he still he still picked it up played well 281 yards uh is nuts with five touchdowns but that speaks on the running game first and foremost and it speaks on the field position that we got uh, a couple of times they didn't really have to drive the field too much um Travion Henderson 21 carries for 121 yards 5.8 yards per carry Mayan Williams 11 for 101 9.2 yards per carry um two running backs over 100 yards where the past couple of games we've had two wide receivers over 100 yards uh, Ameka just gets the sneakiest hundred yards every single game. Uh, four just games Mr. into the Consistency. season, literally four games into the season, uh, he's had three hundred yard games, six uh, t- uh, receptions, hundred eighteen uh, yards, and two touchdowns. Tommy E, fourteen tackles, two tackles for a loss. He is on track for a hundred tackles. That's all I'm saying. Uh, and then on the Wisconsin side, Graham Mertz, 11 for 20, 94 yards, one touchdown, one interception. He's an absolute, just terrible, terrible quarterback. Yeah. Um, and Wisconsin asked, system and stuff is not not making it any better. Um, you asked and, me my biggest takeaway, and honestly, it's how uncomfortable they made Graham Mertz. And I think where we disagree sometimes, I think Mertz is probably, when you look at his just natural raw ability, probably on the higher end of the Big Ten. But, man, he sucked tonight, and he really just got it. And I don't think it was his fault entirely. Like, the defense was always in his face. The coverage was always moving around. The one good throw he had, Tanner McAllister made one of the best defensive back plays you've probably seen, and it's like one of those just hustle, don't give up on a play times. But the defensive line, once again, didn't put up, like, a lot of sacks. One sack's what I'm seeing here. But I don't think Graham Mertz ever felt confident when he had to step back and throw the football. 
No, he uh, he absolutely didn't. Um, just and that I don't know if we, I don't know if I said I think we said this on Buck Off, but um, we were talking about how Georgia's defense had only had one sack on the year, and how you know like pressure and things, especially in today's day and age with the mobile quarterbacks and quarterbacks even in college just knowing to get rid of the ball pretty quickly. The sack numbers don't always pile up. Um, but constant pressure, super uncomfortable. Still wish we had some more sacks. Uh, even understanding that, still wish we had some more sacks. But um, yeah, we knew this game was too big for Graham Mertz when he threw that out route right to Tanner McAllister to start the game. Yeah, yeah he was he was not locked in. Um, not just not a good day for him. The noise overall. was too loud. Honestly, the blackout crowd. Honestly, I was pretty impressed with it. Yeah, they did. They did pretty good. I know you weren't super happy about it being a, them finding out on Tuesday and stuff, but I think because it's starting to become a little bit more consistent, and that's the biggest thing with these. Like Ohio State was doing them sporadically. I think like at this point, it's probably safe to assume we'll do a blackout every year. We don't know if they'll bring the red out back. I personally, like I said, I'm buck off. Hope they do both. I think Ohio State fans are starting to buy black things and are starting to kind of look. I just think they look it. better. And things like that. And so I think that um, fans, at least, are getting used to it. And that's why the blackout actually works. Whereas we complained last year and just in general previously, you would have a blackout game and half the crowd wasn't red. And it's like, y'all just didn't try. Y'all didn't get the memo. Yeah, so They got the memo. Uh, yeah. But yeah, not to cut you off any further, I think we got the Braylon Allen stat. And Yeah, so Braylon Allen finished... 23 carries for 165 yards and one touchdown. It was really 22 carries for 90 yards, no touchdowns, 4.1 yards per carry. But defense sold, had to give him a 75-yarder to get some confidence. Uh, but when we see him again in the Big Ten Championship game, because unfortunately, as much as my heart wants it to be Minnesota, they're going to stumble because they lost to Bowling Green last year, and I just can't forgive a team that can lose to Bowling Green. He is yeah. not running for 100 yards. I promise you that. Minnesota was cooking today, though. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, Braylon Allen, uh, I think I'm more bad about this stat line because 165 would look a lot better if it was 90. Uh, since yeah. that was 22 for 90 yards, I would have been like, man, the defense showed out. Yeah. I'm retelling myself the same thing I told you. It's like it was the third strings. They left their starters in, get some confidence. Uh, so this is my question. I know you said maybe we'll see Wisconsin again in the Big Ten championship game. Um, I, I Do you really feel like – so I guess if they're a Big Ten championship level team to you in the West, where do you think that puts – like? Where's your confidence level with Ohio State now that you could see them put up 52 points on a physical defense? You could see them slow down one of the better players in the conference. Yeah, so I want to clarify. I don't think they're a good team. I just think the West is terrible this year. But um, Wisconsin, this team, watch, first of all, Washington State beat Oregon. So maybe Washington State is just good. Ooh, they maybe lost to Oregon. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. They were beating Oregon, and then they sold and gave up two quick touchdowns late. But yeah, they were crazy. beating Oregon. So maybe Washington State is actually just a good team and will turn around and not look so bad, look so down on Wisconsin. But Wisconsin's still beating 100 to 120 teams in this country, if we're being completely honest, um, with the style they play and stuff like that. So I, I'm not saying I think they're a great team, but I think – 
My biggest takeaway is some of Ohio State's best teams, including teams with Justin Fields, who some Ohio State fans are not ready to concede, is no longer the best quarterback in Ohio State history, have struggled against Wisconsin. So for us to come out and do this against Wisconsin, no matter how I feel about the coach or where their roster is, you can't because we don't chase because we don't play Chase Brown, who may be taking that mantle, we will not play a better running back in the country unless Texas makes the playoff than Braylon Allen. We can't play Travion Henderson. We most likely won't play Chase Brown with Illinois. Nobody else in the West has that good of a running back. I I know you maybe kind of disagree or you think it's closer. I don't think um, Alabama's running back is better than Braylon Allen and Georgia's is not either. So holding him except for this last one, which once we get to the point of playing Georgia, we're not t- putting in the third stringers, holding him, um, dominating this defensive line, which again is still good. Nick Herbog's a potential first round pick. Um, so is the defensive um, lineman, uh, Keanu ben- Benton. Uh, I feel really good about Ohio State because you have teams that made the playoffs, that made the national championship game, that struggled for a half or two and a half quarters against Wisconsin. So this is a team that never scares you as far as losing the game, but it scares you as far as getting beat up, sacking the quarterback, that kind of stuff. And sure, maybe if we play Georgia or Bama or someone else, they may have a better pass rush. But Wisconsin gets a lot of sacks. They get a lot of turnovers. Um, We only threw one interception. So, I mean, I I feel really good about this team. I think this is the kind of stuff that you need to see for a team that you think can win a national championship. Um, And uh, a lot of people were starting to complain about the starters being in there late and that kind of stuff. I understand that. But I don't think Ryan Day is playing any games this year because he heard the noise of losing two games. And again, maybe that's unfair, but it's Ohio State. You can't lose two games. You can't lose to Michigan. And so I don't think he's going to allow this team to let up at any point, which also makes me feel um, pretty good because there's not they're not going to hit that. Or it doesn't seem like they're going to hit that lull where they're like, you know, we're we're too good. We're not getting in for a full game. We're only playing a half, that kind of stuff. So I feel really good. I, I, I feel very confident that this team's not going to lose a game until yeah. the national championship. Yeah, no, I was – I think you're usually a little tougher on them than me in a lot of ways. So that's why I wanted to hear if you were kind of in that same ballpark as me. Uh, I I was ready to tweet, like, it's a national championship game. Like, when I saw Barrett Sally, like a Southern homer to, like, the fullest extent, saying, you know what, maybe Ohio State should be ranked number one, I was like, am I crazy for thinking that? Like, if Barrett Sally's saying it, the biggest Southern homer, I think, at CBS Sports, uh, that's that's something. But not to give someone's opinion too much credit, I just thought, you know, the offensive line, the defensive line, the secondary with backup corners in like I don't think there was ever a moment in the game where this felt in question and what you were saying about Ryan Day I one of my friends sent to our group chat like Ryan Day chirping at an official about a pass interference up 28 points like that's the intensity that wasn't there it felt like last year like yeah Ryan Day was complaining to officials but 28 to 0 you're chirping because your young corner got called for a very touchy pass interference that's the intensity that I think this team's come out with and I know like every single week there's been mistakes on the defensive side of the ball it's a new system we understand that Jim Knowles has fixed them and there were some mistakes today 
next week, I expect Jim Knowles to make the defense better. And you've got um, – you just had 28 points, like, to zero. Like, before Jim Leonard could even make an adjustment, he was down 28 points. Like, that's un- that's not real. Like, teams haven't been able to put Wisconsin in that position in a long time. No, I mean they did it on the they did it on the on the show. Uh, the only two teams in the last since 2017 who have allowed less points per game than Wisconsin is Clemson and Georgia, two teams that have won national championships. Wisconsin always has one of the best defenses in the country, and to put up like I, I almost like I almost started to feel like I was crazy for thinking that we could put up 52 points. Because I'm listening to other podcasts. I'm listening to national media members. Anyone who listens to us often knows I don't really respect their opinion. But, like, I was on the higher end, like, significantly higher. Like, people were like, 38 to 10, 38 to 7, 38, 17, 35, this. And I'm like, I have 50 points. Am I crazy for thinking they can put up 50 against Wisconsin? And after the first two drives, I was like, no. I was like, no, this team is really, they're really on something. And it's like, we haven't been fully healthy at all. I mean, no. at all. Like, Think about 52 points against Wisconsin without arguably one of the most explosive players in the entire country in Jackson Smith and Jigba. Like, and it's like, I mean this with absolutely no disrespect because I don't think we won a national championship without Jackson Smith and Jigba. But if Jackson Smith and Jigba was draft eligible last year and was no longer on the team, do you feel any different about their ceiling this year with the way I'm the not- wide receivers have played so far? Not anymore, honestly. I think Julian Fleming really kind of capped that off today with his kind of explosiveness that we saw today. Like, this was the first time I think we actually got to see the Julian Fleming we've been expecting. And now you're going to add Emeka, who's getting 100 yards a game. Marvin Harrison, who's, you know, had two games where he's kind of disappeared a little bit, but two games where he's had almost 400 yards combined and six touchdowns. Like, I just don't know, like, adding Jackson Smith and Jigba to that is so scary. And then Cade Stover. You have Cade Stover, who's scoring touchdowns. touchdowns. Probably could have had four, honestly. And then, like, he got flipped around in that play where he got undercut. Would have taken most players out of the game. He was back in there. And if Stroud just drops that in a little lower, he's got three touchdowns. And I don't I, – I mean, maybe – did Rutgert have a three touchdown game? I don't think so. I don't. I don't think, I don't think, a, think so. Ohio State tight ends had a three touchdown game in my memory. So, Cade's like that's he's probably the biggest surprise. But and they're just calling the level plays for him. Like like Jeremy would get Jeremy would get the ball when he was open, but like it, they're calling plays with Cade as the number one read. And that is not doing. That's it. just getting like. Oh, so I, I, defensively, I think I'm ready to say like Jim Knowles is a risk taker. We're going to give up some points. I understand exactly his plan of attack at this point. 14 points, you know, can't be mad at it. Two of the touchdowns were based on Jim Knowles aggression earlier in the drive. You know, once you get aggressive, that puts corners in man situations. You tend to have more pass interferences in man situations. So it's really just a matter of improving, getting better every week, and getting healthy. And I I feel incredible about where Ohio State's at because C.J. Stroud's playing at a God-tier level. Yeah, absolutely. So I always forget to do this on this show because it's so short. We're going to go to a quick commercial for the ads, and then we'll be right back to finish talking about the defense and to talk about what's next. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the instant recap. Again, we're recapping Ohio State's 52 to 21 win over Wisconsin. Um, we left off like 30 seconds ago. I don't know how long these ads are. Talking about the defense in case you forgot, which I highly doubt you did. Um, yeah, I think that like... Honestly, I'm ready to disagree with you a little bit because you keep saying like the defense has like problems and stuff like that. And I really like it's almost starting to offend me. And I'm really joking about this, but like I haven't seen any like outside of the corner depth, which is just, oh, my God. It's definitely nitpicky. It's so bad. I'm just like I haven't seen like this defense is really good. And if this is what it's like in the first year, it's only going to get better. I mean, no, again, except for the 75 yarder, nobody's run the ball against us. No running back has like Braylon Allen had even even without the 75 yarder had the best running game against us. And it was 22 carries for 90 yards, 4.1 yards per carry. Nobody else was even close to that. And he, again, is the best running back I think we'll face all year, uh, unless we somehow play Texas, which I just doubt it. So it's oh, like, yeah. especially because they lost today. So we're definitely Brandon not playing Allen Texas. They have two. Also losses. the best quarterback today. For <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, so the defense has been good. Um, the quote unquote concern is for the first time in three games. Um, the team they scored two touchdowns in the red zone, where before we were we were forcing them in the field goals. Um, but like, I mean, one of the drives was a BS pass interference penalty, um, that extended the drive. Like, it's just, it really just feels like the def like when the defense gives up points, it's very rarely that they were dominated. It's very rarely that, you know, it's something that's like, this is going to be a problem next week, or this is going to cost us eventually, like it was last year um, or years previously. I mean, the one good drive that they put together was a 14-play, 80-yard drive that took seven and a half minutes off the clock, and they were down 38 points. So if if you if it takes you being up thirty eight points to give away a good drive, and then it takes, I don't know. I think I think you all should know this, but if you don't, it is hard to get fourteen plays in a drive because you have to keep picking up third downs, occasional fourth downs, no penalties, all of that kind of stuff. And to make someone go fourteen plays to score is essentially saying that you have to be perfect to score. It took them seven and a half minutes to score on this defense. They were trying everything, running. I mean, really not everything because they ran the ball eleven times, but they were they had to work for that drive. And it was when everything. we were up, when we were up thirty eight points. So it's just like, yeah, I'm really happy with the defense, especially to add because to it real quick. Uh, I just was doing the math because I was looking at the score by quarter because I, I, I didn't know. I forgot they scored those two touchdowns in the fourth. So by the end of the third quarter, it was – I'm doing math. I'm not good at math. 45-7. Uh, to seven. And if that's where the game ended, I, I don't think I'd be saying much about the defense. So No, I, I mean – And that's really not. where it was over, so. 
and I didn't, I wasn't paying attention, but I feel like that 11, like I, I was obviously watching, but it's really hard to see who's on the field sometimes, especially in the black. I don't think there were a lot of starters on the defense on that 14 play drive. And there definitely wasn't after that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, they like, they were, they were, Braylon Allen is 6'2", 225, which means he's probably like 6'1", 240, actually. And they were hitting him in the open field and getting him down. Yeah, like how Tommy many broken was, tackles did he have? Like how many how if, many times if, did he fight for like they were driving him back? How many times did he hit somebody and fall forward for three or four extra yards? It happened a little bit because he's a freaking tank, but it didn't happen often. Yeah, if you're if you're gonna tell me before the season that Tommy and Steel Chambers were gonna be like the one of the most vicious parts of this defense, I would have been like, all right, like let's relax a little bit. But like yeah, Tommy was me. burying Braylon Allen at times. And that like he he is turning into a legitimate like I like Tommy is kind of taking that Pete Warner trajectory where it's like, okay, this guy's a player, like he's a good football player, like he does football things, but now he's like taking that step to where it's like, oh, this guy is actually a dude. Yeah, and he's much better in space. He's much faster than Pete Warner. Um, and, and that's saying is, something. Yeah, and I know how State fans hate Pete Warner, but it's really not Pete no, Warner. Tough you hate. Portland's the it's guy. Just that, it's just that we had two white linebackers and people forgot which one was which because Pete Warner was the good one. <laughs> like people yeah. would complain. I was like, no, 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 that, that was tough, that was tough. on that play. That, that wasn't Pete. <laughs> that's why Pete and, is kind of was starting for the Saints. We don't want to bury tough too much on the show. He didn't do anything. He's catching a stray right now. But yeah, Tommy, he had, does, he, he's looking a lot different. Yeah, he's looking a lot different. Um, again, not getting the only the only complaint that I actually have about this defense is Graham Mertz is not that good of an athlete. I don't think he's small. I think he's a decent size. I think he's you know two hundred something pounds, something like that. And they couldn't tackle him in the backfield. A lot of missed tackles. I mean, it didn't it didn't do anything. Again, we saw with Toledo where they would break out of the sack and throw touchdown passes. So it's fine. But with a better quarterback, like. JJ is hardly a better quarterback because he's very, very inaccurate. But if and he's smaller. But in general, the point that I'm trying to get at as I try to talk myself out of it is I didn't like that they couldn't tackle him in the backfield. Yeah, they missed a like they didn't have many sack opportunities because he did do a pretty good job of getting it out quick, even if the ball was kind of going like hopelessly. Uh, But there was a few times where some guys got shook by Graham Mertz in the backfield, and I think. You know, Daquan Finn was one thing, but now we've seen that two weeks in a row. It's like, we need to start, Larry needs to get into the lab and start getting these guys to chop their feet a little bit more. Absolutely. And I mean, he only, he he had 20 attempts, right? So it's not like there was a whole lot of chances to tackle him, but there was definitely two or three times I saw sacks that he kind of broke out of. Uh, and, and he, I don't think he punished us on any of them. I think maybe one, uh, actually he did punish us on one. Um, he got, I think maybe that was one of the drives they scored a touchdown on. Uh, he hit like a 15-yard uh, route. Tanner McAllister creeped up. He hit the tight end over the top or something like that. But for most of the time, they didn't really punish us. But again, like you said, we're nitpicking because some of this stuff you you don't like. Where that's going to matter is if we play Alabama and Bryce Young. Because Bryce Young will hurt us 
on that. Yeah. So nitpicking, but it, it is something that I want to see um, a little bit better. Uh, a couple other stat things to throw out the way just because I, I find them interesting. Ohio State was 7 for 11 on third down. Um, Wisconsin was 6 for 13, which is still which is better than we've allowed for other people, but still not good. Uh, and this is something that should make every Ohio State fan happy. We were 7 for 7 in the red zone. Me and you are, and other people, but me and you are pretty critical on Ryan Day for certain Last things. Last year, for sure. Uh, he, he call, I called him a bully, said that he, he kind of gets soft with his play calling. He gets too cute sometimes. And the offensive line was also a part of it, to be fair. Um, but And that speaks to the point we were talking about earlier with the offensive line. But we could not score in the red zone last year. It's so many field goals, so many field I mean, what did you have? Three field goals on the entire season in four games or something like that, it feels like? Yeah, it's not We're a lot. getting in the red zone, and we're scoring touchdowns. And that, to me, is one of the biggest things because, again, Wisconsin's defense is good, and it's good, especially good defenses are tougher in the red zone. And to go seven for seven in the red zone against them, that's – that? It was eight. Was it eight for nine last week? So that's fifteen out. Of, or no, I think they were perfect last week too. So that's fifteen for fifteen in two weeks. That's that is that is very very tangible progress. Like you want to see some things that we did last year that weren't good that we've gotten better. Offensive line is tangible progress. Red zone execution and play call um, and aggressiveness is a tangible progress. Um, yeah, I mean, over it's hard to talk about it. The team feels good. Like you don't want to get too this excited, but who are we going to play that's better than Wisconsin? Even if they're not the Wisconsin yeah, of old, I mean, like Iowa's defense is better than Wisconsin's, but their offense is terrible. Uh, looking back, like Maryland's offense was really good today against Michigan, like because Michigan's defense. I, I still respect what they do defensively, uh, so I'll give them credit there. Did you watch uh, Maryland? The game? Should, yeah, it, who who else do we I, have? Like, I wouldn't give Michigan credit. Uh, Wisconsin's offensive line was bullying them, and that is not something you should ever hear about Wisconsin's offensive line. I like I I was giving Michigan's defense credit through the first three games, even though they played anyone. But when I see yeah. Wisconsin go on a drive and they run the ball six, seven, eight times and get whatever they want to, Maryland, uh, yeah. yeah, Maryland. I I I don't know if I can give you any credit for that. Yeah, Maryland didn't even do that against SMU. Yeah, and I, I'm more so saying like you know Maryland didn't like look the best. That's but that's one of the better teams remaining. Penn State's probably at Happy Valley's the only game where I'm like, all right, they're playing good, but I still have not fully bought into them. Sean Clifford is still Sean Clifford. The only difference is they have Will Singleton this year. And lucky for us, Nick Singleton broke out before our game, so we'll be yeah, prepared. Yeah, we'll we'll yeah. be prepared for him and another chance to not let a, a star running back get 100 yards on us. Yeah, and as the year goes on, uh, Jim Knowles is going to make this defense prove more and more who they are and show the country that. And that's where, like, think about where we were last year on these instant recap podcasts. And if any of you guys were there with us, like, it was not a fun time. No. I, like, even the wins were bad. We were just talking about things that, like, were could hurt us later on, and eventually they did. Like, everything looked dysfunctional. So, um I think we can start wrapping it up. We can get out of here. Um, but again, um, 
great game. They looked amazing. I don't think there's anyone that's going to beat them. Uh, and this is this is really giving confidence that you never want to fully predict a national championship because there are other good teams in the country. But I, I think at least at bare minimum we would give Georgia a game if Georgia is actually the best team in the country. And speaking of Georgia, my Kent State Golden Flashes put up 22 points on them. So who cover knows the if they're the best? Who knows if they're the best team in the country? You um, so, paid 1.9 million to cover the spread. That's a win to me. Yeah, love that. So favorite moments: McAllister's interception and McAllister's uh, uh, pass breakup before half. Just an insane range. Like I, I still don't yeah. know how he got there. Uh, insane range, especially because he's not typically a deep safety. Obviously, that wasn't under that throw by Mercy. No, it, it wasn't at all. It was, I mean, it hit him right in the hands, uh, in stride, but just better, better defense. Better he was more surprised defense. that McAllister got there than I think even we were. Yeah, absolutely. He like he knew it was a touchdown, and nope, got uh, hit. I have, I have one to add. Uh, Cade Stover's, I, I think it was his first touchdown where he went over top to get into the front flip somersault type of thing. That was, like, I didn't think a big man could fly like that. No, absolutely not. Uh, we're, you, there's going to be a lot of Kate Stover on this, uh, and on these just in general. Player of the game, uh, Baby Gronk, Kate Stover. Two early touchdowns really helped the offense get going. Should have been three. I don't even know if he played in the second half. Uh, they didn't need to, uh, you know, because he's he's the number one option right now. It seems so. They gave Wisconsin a break. Didn't didn't throw to the number one option. Let uh, the number two, three, and four option in. Uh, Mecca and uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. eat a little bit. Um, and Tommy E, 14 tackles, seven solo, two tackles for a loss, really spearheaded the defense. And these are the games where Tommy struggled a little bit until Utah. Um, and this is the point of having a middle linebacker from like him. Honestly, like he's still an old school middle linebacker, which is fine to have in the Big Ten and really in the NFL, the way they play a little bit. Um, Tommy's game doesn't translate in certain conferences. And last year he wasn't good in these games. And it's like, what is the point of having a big ass traditional line middle linebacker in the box? If he's not going to be good against running teams with tight ends. So um, player of the game, anyone to add? Uh, I mean, we could give a Mecca some more love, another hundred yard game, another like seven, eight catch game. Like what else is this guy doing? Yeah, he's tough. He's tough as nails too. Stud. Two touchdowns too. Um, he made that catch coming across the formation. He got lit up, got up, did a little flex to his arm, and just kept going. And I respected that. You don't yeah. see that a lot from receivers today. Not at all. I th- I don't think I said it, but uh, Stroud five touchdowns. I did say that, but that's his seventh fifth his seventh five touchdown game as a, and as a starter, and that is an Ohio State record. For reference, he's only started sixteen games. I think is what they sixteen. Did they played th- uh, th- so we played because yeah, yeah, we played fourteen last year. He missed game, one yeah. for uh, so this would be his seventeenth game. Yeah, sixteen because minus Akron. He only played twelve games last year. That's right because we didn't play in the Big Ten championship game. Yeah, yeah, sixteen games. Seven out of sixteen games, he's had five touchdowns. I think that's good. Yeah, I'm really uh, trying to hunt for another player of the game. I liked how Josh Proctor played. He wasn't player of the game worthy, but he had a good game. Special shout out. Yeah, we can give it to the entire offensive line. Yeah, all of them. That, that's a safe one to me. Zero sacks given up against a defense that loves to bring pressure. And, so and really, and really, just no pressure at all. Nick Herbog did Wisconsin, nothing. forcing Wisconsin to stop bringing pressure, forcing Jim Leonard to stop bringing pressure. 
That means your offensive line's doing something special. Yeah, because when they brought play pressure, uh, Stroud just killed them on it, honestly. Um, and then last thing, injury suspension. Jason didn't play. Denzel Burke didn't play. Cam Brown didn't play. And I'm worried about this, but it's like, man, does it really matter? Like, I've, It does. It does. But we're playing so good that you can let them get healthy and not rush them for when you're really going to need them uh, in the playoffs. Um, and what's next? Rutgers is next uh, week. One question I have, uh, availability just basically. Lathan Ransom, I didn't see him record a stat. I don't think I saw him play. Uh, I feel like I just needed to bring that up. I, I, I think we need to ask about that. The beat reporters, that's who I'm talking to. I don't see Lathan Ransom on here at all. So, um, yeah, I don't see him. He didn't record a stat, and he's good. So, if he would have played, he would have at least had one tackle. So, so that's uh, at least where I'm at. I, I think, I think health is the only thing Ohio State needs to improve on right now. Absolutely, and when you're playing this good, it gives you some time to let players rest up and get healthy. Um, and then, last thing as we wrap up, next week is Rutgers. It's also homecoming. Uh, I am not a Buckeye uh, alumni, but I'm a Buckeye at heart. But any Buckeye alumni that's coming into town that, or that is in town, have fun at homecoming, drink responsibly, and watch another 70 ball up against Rutgers. Um, any final thoughts? I will say if Iowa can score more than 30 points against Rutgers or close to 30 points, I don't want to know what Ohio State can do to Rutgers' defense. Easily 100 if they want to. Yeah, they're not going to. We'll stop at 77 again, but easily 100. There's time on the clock. <laughs> All right, that's it for us this week. Uh, you'll catch me next week. You will not catch Chris next week. That's right. Yep, I will be at a wedding, unfortunately. Yeah. Not unfortunately, like respect matrimony, but also no, unfortunately. Unfortunately, because fall weddings, ugh, we don't do that. I'm getting married in April like a sane human being because nothing happens in April. You can have you can give up a Saturday in April. Uh, Make sure it's but, not April first because that could go bad fast. <laughs> no, 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 no. I want, I want I want good things in my marriage. <laughs> uh, I want her to show up at the altar. <laughs> I don't I don't want an April Fool's joke. So, um, all right. So that's it for us. We'll catch you next week. Go Bucks. Go Bucks.